From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey guys, welcome back to the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Thank you for listening. We're loving how much you guys are engaging. You're writing us uh, emails at everydaydrivertv at gmail. It's not Everyday Driver, by the way. It's everydaydrivertv <laughs> at gmail is our address. You're writing there a lot. You're sending us Facebook messages. We're getting a lot of response to this. We're getting a lot, a lot of car debates sent this. in, which is awesome. Thank you guys for, for responding on this. We're back with two more car debates tonight. We have Kyle in New Hampshire who wants to talk about, well, this will be bad for us. He wants to talk about trucks. The, we, uh, we might not be in are, good, uh, good standing here, but we'll give it a shot. Experts. We'll give it a shot. I'll put that out these there. Are both, these are both challenging tonight. The other one is, is Sam writing to us from Arkansas. He wants to get a kind of new college beater car, and he's got maybe 12K to spend. He's coming out of a beat-down camera, <laughs> and he's looking for some fun. I've got a crazy list for, for him, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's where we are tonight. Well, I'm just glad to hear that a Camry finally died because they run in spite of you, and I'm just <laughs> celebrating the fact that a Camry died and went to Camry <laughs> heaven or wherever they go. <laughs> but before we talk about that, we're going to do something a little different, and uh, you will get to know us a little bit better after tonight, and that's because <laughs> we're going to share stories about the stupidest thing we've done in a car, and... <laughs> Neither of us know what the other is going to say, so this That's is going to be pretty funny. I haven't funny. heard the story either. Well, it's, and, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Look, we do not, we are not <laughs> lawyers. We are not uh, beholden to any sponsors at this point. However, I'm going to still say that with regard to mine, I am not going to tell you a story that I recommend. I'm going to tell you a story that hopefully is a cautionary tale. But anyway, mine is too. And by the way, mine did not just happen last week, so it's not stupid oh, stuff we did. It's yeah, we're, we're taking we do, you back. We do more grown-up stupid stuff now, but but anyway. <laughs> I'm guessing your story is from your past, too. Oh, yes. But, uh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'm curious I'll, I'll to hear in. yours. I'll jump in if you want. I'll jump in. I, Go uh, for it. I, well, at some point we'll tell first car stories, and that'll get to a completely different regard. But, but my father was obsessed with the late 80s Caprice classics, the ones that were used as oh, cop cars. Oh, yes. He was obsessed with those. And so... We as a family had a, a litany of those cars. And, of course, you get the hand-me-down car from the parents. So what did I get? I got a Caprice Classic. So <laughs> I had a gray one. I've actually got two or three stupid stories in this car because it was my car through college. So you know that that's going to awesome. be the bad things. Well, yeah, but, that's four years of stupid stories. But keep exactly. going. But, but, the, but the top of my list on stupid stories for having a Caprice was I drove back and forth. I went to school at Baylor. I drove back and forth from Baylor and Waco to my parents' house in Houston. It's about 180 miles. I took a kind of a back highway. It's not a main highway. It wasn't an interstate called Highway 6. goes through College Station. All you Texans out there, I'm giving you a shout-out right now. There it is. So I, <laughs> I do Highway 6. And at that point, there were a lot of speed traps in the small towns. But then between the small towns, it was just blackness. There's nothing there. It's Texas. It's just this straight shot, essentially, the occasional hill. And it's two lanes. So you got traffic coming and, and at you, and it's just two lanes the whole way through for long stretches. The problem was if you got behind an 18-wheeler with five or six cars behind him, there was nowhere to pass. You were just stuck doing his speed for miles and miles and miles oh and miles, and there was gosh. no way around because there was enough traffic, especially on you know like Sunday nights coming back from visiting parents, enough traffic going the other way, there was never a break. So oh, you were just man. you were stuck forever, and it was so frustrating. So one night, <clears throat> here's the story. So one <laughs> night, I had an idea that I do not recommend. In Texas, they build actually really great roads, really wide roads, including wide shoulders. 
So I had a line of cars in front of me. I literally didn't know how long long the, the line of cars was. I literally didn't know how long it was. It was huge. And I just decided, screw it. So I floored it, big V8 in those cars. Not a powerful car, by the way, but a big V8. I floored it and jumped into the, the shoulder. And this is not a shoulder with gradient either. It's just a big, wide, flat shoulder. And no I start bombing way. by these cars in the shoulder. And I'm, I'm getting heavily working my way up toward triple digits. Very, very stupid. In the pitch black of night. And I'm counting cars as I go by. I was going to okay? say, how long was the line of cars at that point? When I got to 12, I stopped oh counting and started screaming. Oh, my screaming. gosh. I'm sitting behind the wheel. I'm not kidding you, Paul. I'm sitting behind the wheel going, ah, because now I'm screwed. Now I can't get back over oh, until man. I pass the car in front, which, of course, was an 18-wheeler. I don't even know how many it was. It was more than a dozen because then there was the 18-wheeler, and I ducked back over, and I swear to you, I don't think I blinked the rest of the drive. <laughs> but here's the other thing about it that oh, dawned my on gosh. me. About two minutes after I did this stupidity, here's what dawned on me. About two minutes later, I went over a bridge. Oh, on these roads, on these roads, it's shoulder, 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 no shoulder because it's a bridge, and then the shoulder's back. <laughs> if I'd been in the shoulder when we'd come to a bridge, I would have launched myself probably into my own death, frankly. <laughs> I was going to say, but how deep was the ravine you almost it, it, launched it yourself into? It doesn't matter. Into? It doesn't matter because, oh, I mean, it gosh. always drops off. I would have launched myself into nothingness. Honestly, retelling the story, I get the riddled rush because it was astoundingly stupid. And I didn't realize the level of the stupidity until I was about 12 cars in with no way to pull it and thought, I'm going to die. So, in spite of the size of the shoulders in Texas, don't do that, but there is my stupid car story. (laughs) And everybody along the line of cars, they would have loved it if you had driven it off the shoulder, like, well, there goes that idiot. Well, here's the the thing, though. Most of them probably thought I was a cop. Oh, because but, of the Caprice, of course. Yeah, because of the Caprice, because of the era. And, you know, this, this, oh, this my was, gosh. By this point, you know, there were many cop cars that were still Caprices. Uh, so, yeah, they probably thought I was a cop, but a stupid cop. And thank God I lived <clears throat> past that day. That's pretty stupid. That's oh, pretty up, up there. It's up there. I, I, it's, it's way, way up there. That, that might be stupider than mine, but uh, I still feel like, feel like mine just, yeah, pretty low brain oh, cell it. count because... Uh, <laughs> I, I will admit this was further back than my college years. This was in my high school days, and I was on the swim team in high school. And if you think football players and, you know, the contact sport kind of guys party hard, well, I got a thing coming for you because the swim team guys, yeah, we, we partied pretty hard too. And uh, <laughs> so I had this Jeep Grand Cherokee. It was actually a 77 model. Oh, wow. And fit so many people in this thing. It was one of those cars that had quadra track with a V8 and at 60 miles an hour on the freeway you could watch the gas gauge move <laughs> from full to empty. It was, it was great. the 70s. Gas was like a buck and a half for like 12 <laughs> gallons. So you know. Seriously, nobody cared. So I had this giant car and what was so great about the Jeep is you could put your car key in the back lock and power the the rear window down. It slid down sure. into the tailgate yeah, yeah, that yeah. folded yeah, down. Yeah. And so people could sit on the back of the tailgate and do tailgating Perfect. things like Perfect. people would with Jeeps. And so... <laughs> this can only end well. I can tell already. This can only end well. There might have been beer involved. I'm not going to confirm <laughs> that. But I was driving because it was my car, and we decided to fill water balloons, or just balloons, with shaving cream instead of water, and pretty much just drive around town looking for 
something, you know, looking to to cause trouble. And so we found this cyclist, and I pulled up next to him. So we're both rolling along 20 miles an hour. No. And my buddies were sitting on the back of the tailgate, pelting the cyclist with shaving cream balloons while he was riding. And he'd get super angry and, you know, really stand on his pedals and try to catch up to us. At that point, I'd just pull slowly, just right out of his reach while the guys would just continue to pelt him. I mean, he was covered in white shaving cream. And we're laughing hysterically. And if you are that cyclist somehow, Cause, years cause later listening to this podcast, I apologize deeply because that was really because stupid. You were high school idiots. And, and the crazy thing is now, it's like the shaving cream version of rolling coal at somebody, which is yes, also, it is. this has the same exact amount of brain cells. But you at least were in high school. I'll give you credit. And I will also Ugh. acknowledge that Paul is now a cyclist. So for all of you that are enraged as cyclists, <laughs> Paul is now one of you. So so trust me, he would never do this in a billion years. But yeah, that that's that's very high school. That that's the key thing it's I take from that is high school. Mine was very probably high stupidity, school. some sort of level of weird <laughs> ego and, and idiocy. Yours was just high school. That gets explained very simply. And like I said, that was not just last week when we were doing this. This was way back in high school. <laughs> but it was so funny at the time just to see this angry cyclist, and you could only see his oh, angry no. eyes through the shaving cream. I'm, so I'm actually surprised he didn't just stop but, because wow. he had to know it was a losing battle. But anyway, that's terrible. Yeah. All right, you, let's you do card debate, anyway. shall we? We've been stupid enough for the night. There are people that now hate us. Uh, moving on. We should um, move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's do Kyle in New Hampshire. Uh, he has written to us and asked about um, about trucks, which I uh, will admit I'm not an overly truck uh, knowledgeable guy, but I know a few. I've driven quite a few. My dad's into trucks, so uh, has some truck exposure in that regard. I am not a guy that says get a truck typically, but my well, wife loves trucks. So yeah, sometimes you, know, you have happen. a need. And Kyle, yep. you've written in saying you're a long time subscriber. Thank you very much, and proud owner of the Blu-ray film, and I just want to digress briefly. For those of you listening who haven't bought the Blu-ray film yet, this is the Porsche film we did last year. I have a stack of them sitting in my office waiting to (laughs) ship out to you. Just order it on Amazon. I will personally drop it in the mail to you. Please order this. You're going to really enjoy this film. Kyle already has, so the rest of you have no excuse. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're doing another one. We're about to shoot another one. We can't wait to tell you guys about that after it's in the can. We'll tell you all about it. That's going to be fun. We've got another one coming up this year. We're just about to shoot it. It's going to be great. (laughs) But you've written in, Kyle, and you said you're working for the Department of Homeland Security and transitioning to a more traditional law enforcement career, live in New Hampshire, and currently drive an 08 Scion TC. My question to you is, don't they just hand you a dark blue Crown Victoria when you join the Department of Homeland Security? I mean, something used, I mean... They just should give you those cars. They hand you some Maybe sort of American-made, nobody else bought it, but it's a great fleet vehicle of some kind. Yeah. But that's the thing. He's transitioning out, so now he needs himself a car. So he says he's driving a Scion TC right now, so he's going the opposite direction, and he's looking at a reliable, interesting, rugged truck, and he's landed on the Toyota FJ Cruiser, which puts us in okay. kind of a three-part uh, of the marketplace because he mentions later that he doesn't want a Jeep. So what I'm hearing is we're in that market segment of rugged styling. It's essentially the FJ Cruiser, the Nissan Xterra, and the Jeep Wrangler. Those are the kind of the, the poster children for that price point and for that idea. And he's got about thirty grand to spend. Doesn't really want a Jeep, which I, I my question is what's the problem with the Wrangler? But this is his question, what should he get? This is so funny because we both have different Jeep experiences. Back to my stupidity story, I yes. had a Jeep Grand Cherokee, so when somebody says Jeep I don't think Wrangler. That doesn't even occur to me. That, oh, yeah, that's, that's an icon. When somebody says Jeep to Todd, that's all he thinks. 
because your wife Kate yeah. used to drive one. So yeah, my wife, my wife had a Wrangler. But I think when most so people funny. think Jeep, they think Wrangler. I mean, they, they, they do. They, obviously, they have a different lineup than that. They but do. it is the icon. Hey, I don't want a Jeep. That most people think Wrangler. Um, so I'm, and I'm guessing because we're talking FJ Cruiser. I mean, it's essentially the Toyota. It is. Making a Wrangler. It is. And I so, get that. I just yeah. And then you know, I I don't think Wrangler to begin with. I think Grand Cherokee, and I think oh yeah, yeah. right Wrangler. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well. well yeah, trucks are not our forte, but I do have some suggestions for you. But first, I want to ask you about one that fits in this price point, and it's actually a car you own, and that is the GMC Acadia. It fits in this oh. already, you know, sort of light SUVs. It's all-wheel drive. It's the twenty to thirty thousand dollar price point. You've had you've had one for a while and had a pretty good experience have, with it. Have we, you not? We we bought a new one. Uh, it's our it's our family car. I will acknowledge as a family car, it's great. I would actually say it's a better it's a better minivan alternative or suburban alternative than it is one of these kind of rugged guys. I mean, no matter how hard you try the GMC Acadia or the Traverse or the Enclave, whatever you want to do of that platform, it is not a rugged. Uh, aggressive looking car. I don't care what knobby tires you put on it. It's just not that. It is a much nicer interior inside. I feel like that's not quite rugged enough for this market segment. It's look. It's a really. It's been a great car for us. It's a fantastic option as an option uh, compared to like the Yukons of the world or the uh, Land Cruisers or sure. Obviously, any minivan on the planet. I would say absolutely look at that. I don't know that that matches Kyle here. Okay. Um, All right. Well, I just wanted to put that out there since you have good, that no, experience. That's a good wild card. And, and hey, I, I have to say, there, I could go on about the problems we have with the Acadia, which are none of them are reliability. There's just some quirks about it I don't love. But okay. by and large, it's been great for our family. And I've recommended it to a few people. If you need a car like that, look at that. But that for, for Kyle, I want to talk about those three, the FJ, the Xterra, and the Wrangler primarily. And then okay. I have a wild card as well. Okay. I've got some suggestions too. And Kyle, you Jump wrote in... in talking about uh, unique styling, Toyota reliability, and the ability to go anywhere. And I would ask you a question first. Are you, do you need to go anywhere, or do you just like the idea of going anywhere? Are you towing Great something? Question. Great question. Do you just yep. love the idea to be able to put it in low gear and park on your roof, even though you don't need to? <laughs> or do you really need the 4x4 capability? You didn't say either way, but I'm kind of with you. I want to stick in the rugged category. And yeah. so I thought of the Nissan Xterra. Yep. I thought of also the Toyota 4Runner, which could work. Possibly, um, yeah. There's also the Honda Pilot, which I realize is not necessarily, you know, first pops to your mind when you think 4x4 or rugged, but they are in that price category, and they are four-wheel drive. And then I thought, all right, well, maybe an Explorer because of the Homeland Security thing. You would definitely look official. <laughs> and then <laughs> finally I landed on the uh, fully loaded $30,000, the Mazda CX-5. They're all-wheel drive. True. But again, you know, the, the last few are not in the rugged all-wheel drive category, and they, yeah. they're certainly not going to have that, they're not you know, have that, that feel of the FJ Cruiser. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. I think, uh, well, the Xterra, I, I've driven it before. I've been in a few. To me, that car is kind of a swing and a miss. It, it's, it's just Blandsville. It wants mm. to be rugged, and it winds up kind of bland. When you're in it, it's just kind of, okay. <laughs> and you look at the exterior, and it's kind of the same thing. It's not. It's not. Nothing really wrong with it, but it's like uh, it's it's the Ultima of this group. Sure, it I'm is. not a real it's truck, just, but I play one on TV. It's it's fine. I just right. don't think it's. I don't think it's kind of all purpose enough and normal enough to succeed in that area, like the Acadias or the Explorers of the world. And it's not rugged enough to succeed as a Wrangler. I feel like it kind of winds up in no man's land. Um, 
The Wrangler, obviously, is the classic. You've said you want to avoid that. I'm not sure your reasons why. I actually, those can be very reliable. You can get them for stupid cheap, and they can look great. They also can look terrible. But, but sure. I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'd kind of like to know, Kyle, the reason to avoid that. But let me speak specifically to the FJ Cruiser. I knew a guy that bought one. He came out of a, kind of like you, he came out of a small front-wheel drive. I think he had a Civic. Came out of a small front-wheel drive uh, Japanese sedan and bought an FJ Cruiser and initially was very much in love with it. And I drove it pretty early on after he bought it. And here's the thing. The FJ Cruiser is actually, it's got a better towing capacity than the Wrangler, for example. Uh, it's a very usable car. It'll be reliable overall. It's, sure, it's a Toyota, sure, etc. However, I look at that as that is the truck equivalent of the Camaro problem. And what I mean by that is this. It is designed to look cool, but then you get in it and realize, now I can't see out. Because the rearward visibility on that truck is literally the worst I've ever been in. Really? The, no kidding. The, I have not driven C, one, so I, I can't speak to it. The C and D pillars, it's, it may as well be a bunker. I mean, you look over your shoulder. When I drove this, guys, I looked over my shoulder for blind spot, and I started laughing because, the, because it was so staggeringly bad for a car that big. You compare that to the Wrangler, which is a fishbowl. I mean, the Wrangler, heck, you can take pieces of the body off. Now you can see everything. But you see what I'm saying. The Wrangler, sure. even with the soft top on, has got better visibility because of that huge back window. The, the FJ has got terrible visibility rearward, and it's... It's it's a design exercise that's executed for the road. Now I think it's a lot better than design exercises like the H three Hummer or the H two Hummer. It's a better car. Oh than yeah. That. Oh yeah. But yeah yeah. You're dealing in that kind of uh, I feel like attitude first, ergonomic second that the Camaro falls into as well. Very interesting. Well, every I, I've sat in the FJ Cruiser at various auto shows, and I've noted the odd headroom. And every time I see people driving one. It's like they could wear three 10-gallon hats stacked on top of each other and have all this headroom around you. They're just sort of this weird seating position, and uh, yeah, I've seen them tricked out. I've seen them lifted, and they look pretty burly. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, if that's what you like, uh, ultimately, we're recommending you've got to buy something that appeals to you and that you like. And again, we haven't – you've driven the, the FJ more than I have, but I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I feel like it's more of a design exercise. Kyle, I don't know the reasons that for your – prejudice against jeep although you did mention it was slight so when you were talking about wrangler i was envisioning the four-door wrangler and i could see that i like the proportions better because the wheelbase is lengthened obviously more people more gear and i've seen those with just you know you don't have to go huge wheels and tires even just a slight upgrade makes those things look just right and i think that might be if you could consider it kyle i think that might be a really interesting cool looking option that I think looks better than the FJ. That's my personal opinion, but, but again, but if I that appeals to you, here's the wonderful. Thing. Ultimately, I think that these are these are the pair of cars that exist in that market segment and kind of rule it. I mean, the Xterra is in it too, but I mean, if you want yeah. a U.S. Jeep Wrangler, you get the Jeep Wrangler. If you want a Japanese Jeep Wrangler, you buy the FJ Cruiser. They're of kind course. of designed to be that, you know, heavy-duty, military-grade plastic. You could hose this out if you have to, which <laughs> is never an attractive-looking interior. Right. But you, look, you get it, and you go like, yeah, I beat on this. It'll be fine, which is what they're designed <laughs> for, which is great. I'm going to say one wild card, though. All right. And I'm going to say Curious. it because I think it is a blending of this rugged world and the stuff you were bringing up before, Paul, like the Acadias and the Explorers of the world. And that is, sure. you're talking 30 grand. So in almost all of these cases, we are talking roughly a, a year or two used. At that point, why not get like a 2012 Jeep Grand Cherokee? That's still the current new body style. 
you'd right. be very impressed with how nice that car is inside. It still has a much more rugged feel than the other CUVs of the world. It feels much more rugged. It's much more interesting to drive than an Explorer or an Acadia or a Yukon. It's smaller, more compact than that, but very nice inside, much nicer than these guys were talking about. That's a great all-around, that it would be able to do anything rugged you want and still look really classy if you want it to look that as well, which I don't think the FJs and the Wranglers of the world can pull off. I, I think that, forget the Wrangler for a minute. You, I'm assuming that's your Jeep prejudice. Look at the Jeep Grand Cherokee used. That is, that's a heck of a car. That's interesting. For all the cars we've suggested, Jeep makes the most options in <laughs> what you're looking for. It's either the FJ and nothing else from Toyota or yeah. a whole <laughs> bunch of options, a whole slew. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm with you on the Jeep Grand Cherokee. Matter of fact, I'm looking about buying one of those myself. I, it goes back to my first car, and I just kind of have a thing for Jeeps. I really like their usability, and I really like this latest generation of mm-hmm. Jeep Grand mm-hmm. Cherokee. I think they're really good looking. I know they're selling well. I have heard nothing but but good things about them, and if you could find one in that price range, I think yeah. it'd be a good option. But again, and you can. I looked a little bit. I mean, you go a couple you know, years old, but the twenty twelve, you can get one. You can get one and make it happen. So anyway, sure. I hope that's helpful a little bit, Kyle. We're obviously not completely in our uh, in our wheelhouse here, but yeah. uh, but there we are anyway, talking about yeah, trucks on every driver. Let's move on to uh, car debate number two, which is our friend Sam writing to us from Arkansas. He is a college student, and his Camry has died. It is. It was a ninety four Camry. Do I'm the math on that for real something quick, to folks. celebrate with. I need a beer well, bottle but, to open or but something. But a 94, that just, 94 Camry. 20-year-old car, quarter of a million miles on it. It finally died. Okay, you're looking for something cheap that can be your remaining college beater car. It's got to be reliable. But your question for us is, hey, can I have a little bit of fun? And you're fine with rear-wheel drive? You're just going, guys, hit me. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. And what I also find interesting is that the thing you, you said maybe you're looking at was a Honda Civic. But your budget goes up to twelve grand, right? So there's some options point, in there. Honestly, there's some good options here. I mean, we're hanging out in that that low price point like we did last week with ten thousand dollars. So, but I looked up a few th- thoughts that I had and found that there are some good options at this range. So hop in here, Paul. I agree. I'm very interested. And uh, Sam, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is what you wrote about reliability. And this is where my head's at. For a college beater, I'm guessing you're probably not going to have the income or the inclination to really take care of something. And so for me, that rules out anything that's German or Swedish, possibly American you can you could probably do, but I'm yeah. thinking Japanese yeah. and Korean. And that's where my head went. And I've got an interesting wild card for you. I will explain that. And I just want to say again, congratulations on your Camry dying. I'm thrilled to hear that <laughs> because... I those cars I did not just know you were going to be quite angry. so celebratory about that. That's interesting. All right. I okay. just yeah. Okay. All right. I'm thrilled <laughs> that you're looking for something that is fun to drive, and so therefore I'm not going to suggest anything from Toyota. But here's something that you suggested on uh, a prior podcast, and it's I don't remember which one, but it got me thinking okay. again, and yeah. I looked them up, and this is the 2006 2007 Mazda Speed Six. They're all-wheel drive, and yeah. for 80,000, 90,000 miles, they're right around 10, 11 grand, somewhere in there. And Todd kind and I were, to find, but yeah. were always intrigued by that car, and I remember you test drove one. I did not, but I remember you coming away pretty impressed with that car. It's got a lot of yeah. power, it's all-wheel yeah, drive, yeah. and it's Japanese. It's probably going to be very reliable. So Yeah, I mean, that, that engine, uh, was, that, that the car was a little direction. bit... 
that car was a little bit under-engined. It was the 2.3 liter out of the, that same generation Mazda, Mazda Speed 3. And there were some people that had some overheating issues. There are ways around that. I mean, I dug into forums and actually learned about that car because I seriously considered buying really? it for a no while. Really? No kidding. Um, yeah, I thought you had. They, they, are, they are impressive cars, definitely. But they're kind of becoming that needle in a haystack car. They're hard to find somebody that has got one that's running well, that they haven't tuned it. It could be hard to find, but right. yes, that is a great find. If you can get into one, I applaud you there. You said Civic. I want to speak to the Civic thing right now. The Civic's fine. Um, right. Because it's smaller than the Camry, it's going to feel a little bit um, more interesting just because of a scale change. However, I would say if you're thinking Civic, I will go you this in alternative. Don't do the Civic. Get an Acura RSX. Early Funny. 2000s. Front-wheel drive. It's the Civic done a little sportier and nicer for Acura. I knew a guy that had one. It was a good-looking car. It was an incredibly reliable car. It was pretty fun for what it was. If you're going to go front-wheel drive, Acura RSX. Now, what I ended up doing, I don't know what happened. I, I read Sam's listing or, or, or comments here, and I came up with a list, like five different cars, all different categories. Did so you? If, so I don't, know what, I don't know what happened. I just got inspired. So all there, right. There you are, Sam. But that was my, my alternative to your Civic idea. I wanted to speak directly to that, and I say Acura RSX. Interesting. I had the RSX on my list as well, and I also had oh, an cool. Integra, depending on... The, the problem with both of those cars, the Integra and the RSX, is it's going to be difficult to find one that's unmolested, because those, those are the ricer cars that everybody they just be, dropped yeah. to the ground, and beer can exhaust, and all that crap. So, if you can find a nice one, I think that'd be a lot of fun, mm -hmm, but my mm -hmm. brain also went to the Honda Prelude. You remember the fourth or fifth generation Honda Prelude? Yeah. That is in that category, and even though they are a bit older, you could save some coin and find a really good condition Honda Prelude. Those were fun to drive. And, yeah, and they uh, were still making them early 2000s. I forget when they stopped making yeah. them, but they made them into the early 2000s. I mean, at that point, he's got a 10-year newer car than he just got out of. So Right, exactly. And obviously, Sam, you're not, af not afraid of high miles. It's just more, it's more about affordability and reliability. So, uh, yeah, Prelude's a good option. I also had on my list a Subaru Impreza or Legacy. I think those are also just going to kind of be fine, but the reason I suggest those was because of the all-wheel drive, and, you know, you're uh, telling us that uh, you're living in Maryland, um, going to college, so I thought of all-wheel drive, and I thought, well, that could be interesting. It'll fit people. It'll fit gear, all-wheel drive. It's got a turbocharged engine. It might not be as fun to drive as a Prelude or RSX, but it could be an interesting choice, and they're certainly within that price point. So, again, not Toyota, Japanese, yeah. reliable, all that stuff. It's funny. I actually had the, the Legacy on my list as well. I mean, the Legacy is the all-wheel drive, more interesting Camry fighter. It's, it's a direct competitor in scale to the Camry, yeah. but from Subaru. So it's, it's yeah, classier agreed. than the WRX. Um, it has that that same those same engines. You, I'm talking the GT now, where it is turbocharged. So you could make it a more powerful car if you wanted. It could be a much more interesting. Car. I mean, I think out of the box, it's a more interesting car than a Camry. I agree. But you could make it even more so. It could become a car that is going to run. It's going to run anyway. And well, then you could make it into a car that is the performance car if you so choose, because it's kind of you kind of follow the tuning path of WRX. I mean, not exactly, but that's kind of what it's what it's in. I think my morning toast is more interesting than a Camry, but that's my own yes, personal Yes, you're a big opinion. fan. You, you're, a, so, you're a big fan. I've, I've heard I, that. Yes, I, I, I knew that. Take your point. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no Camrys. I'm, yeah, for those of you driving Camrys, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to get letters. Trip. I can hear the keyboard 
clacking as you write. You're not going to get letters from this they're audience fine. because people may have Camrys and know they're good, but nobody's got a Camry and like, I have a great performance <laughs> car. Nobody's ever said that. That has never been spoken. Okay? Hey, let's go canyon carving this Saturday in my Camry, said nobody yeah. ever. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Well, I uh, had so, a wild okay. card on here too, Sam, and this, it's going to seem strange at first, but I'll explain myself, and that is a Kia Soul. And it seems strange mm. and weird, and I can can hear you laughing from afar. But and the Sam reason I suggest that, what's that? I said, and Sam is not a hamster. Yes, and you're not a hamster, and the commercials are weird, but whatever. The soul is interesting to me because I rented one recently, and I thought, mm-hmm. all right, I'll try it out, and I came away pleasantly surprised. Now, look, you sit up a little bit higher, but yeah. it's still got plenty of power. It's not a really heavy car. It doesn't have a lot of horsepower on paper, but I was fine driving this car. I could merge in traffic fine. The back seat was surprisingly spacious. You can fold the seats down, put a lot of gear in there, and it's going to be really reliable, I feel like. And a fairly new one, like a 2012, is about $11,000, $12,000. So I was thinking trying to get you into something a little bit newer for -hmm. that kind of money that's going to be reliable. You don't have to worry about it. And I feel like the Koreans are now nearly at the level where the Japanese cars are at in terms of reliability. Certainly their warranty coverage is. Yeah, I wouldn't have any problem recommending Hyundais or Kias to people who need that kind of price point. I, I honestly came away liking the little soul. It was very impressive, and I, I kind of grew attached to it. Funny. So I, I put that out there because okay. it could okay. be an interesting option. Yes, it's not that powerful. It might not be the most you know, fun car to drive on a canyon, but I had fun just driving around in traffic and around town. So that's right. my wild card. Right. It's weird. No hamsters involved, but anyway. <laughs> I, have, I have two wild cards. All right. And they came up because of a, a few things you, you didn't clarify for us, Sam. I mean, you said, yeah, you're in Maryland, so uh, you will get some winter, but you're fine with rear-wheel drive. And you didn't clarify if you have to have four seats. And you didn't clarify how fun you want to go. So I have two wild cards, and they're in completely different categories. But for twelve grand, you could get into either one of these. And the first one may seem obvious, the Mazda MX-5. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's you, if you want a reliable car, but it's fun, it's a college beater, for twelve grand, if you shop smart, you might be able to find an 07 hardtop convertible. I mean, it's, it's possible. That power sure. hardtop, those things have sure. come down a lot. You buy an 07 or so, you might find one of those power hardtops at your price point. Unless you have a, hey, you're going to drive a long way with a bunch of stuff, if it's just running around to college and that kind of stuff you want fun, that's hard to beat, especially for the money. It will be reliable. It'll be cheap to maintain. It'll be great on gas. Why not at least look at one of those? Unless, of course, you need four seats, but you haven't said that. Sure. I knew a lot of people in college that drove those cars. They were prolific, and they still yeah. are. I mean, it's a yeah, great and they, choice. They just they just keep running, and they yeah. are the, the fundamentals of driving in a Miata is what's so great. You will become a better driver and, I think, enjoy driving more by owning a Miata. They're not the greatest car ever, but they do teach those things, which is awesome. And then my other wild card, also rear-wheel drive, other end of the spectrum. You could get yourself an 0506 Pontiac GTO. Interesting. I realize that we're talking the Holden Monaro here, so if you have a a rack, you need body panels, that's probably where it would be a bit pricey, so your insurance might be affected by that a little bit. But for this price point, I was looking them up. You can get them less than 100,000 miles. You can find ones with lots more than 100,000 miles, but less than 100,000 miles. Those things had power. They were all V8s. They've got an okay interior. You can get them in a, in a six-speed manual. It's, it's got a, a nice Hooner attitude. It's, it's the opposite world from the Camry. 
but yet That's it's interesting. still it's you still not some crazy now. car. Yeah, I think I think the GTO. I, I I know it's out there. I know it's out there, but it's a Chevy. I mean, you're going to be able to find parts cheap. The engines, uh, it's, it's an LS motor. I mean, this is not a complicated car. All it's... the parts are still made. The body panels are the things that might be hard to find, so just don't wreck it, it'll be fine. <laughs> but, but seriously, that could be a really fun car, and I think it's going to run well. You can get them cheap because everybody forgets about them. Sam, I had a fr- I've got a friend in Detroit who just flew to Florida and bought a used, an 04 GTO that had 60,000, 70,000 miles on it. It was pristine, of course, because it was in Florida. Yeah. But it was, you know, body panels are straight. It's a Chevy 350. I mean, and he drove it from Florida all the way back to Detroit, did it in two days. And he's got this great car. And guess what? He mm-hmm. got it for 10 grand. Wow. Yeah. It's That's a, what I'm saying. It's going to be perfectly saying. reliable. And I mean, it's an American car. So there you go. That could be an interesting option. I, it's I wild like card, that. but. But I'm putting I, that out there. I kind of like that. There. And boatloads of power, too. I mean, yes, far more than yes. anything else we're suggesting. And if you go from a no. Camry to Pontiac GTO, that is a different world entirely. You're actually going to you really have a lot of fun. you will spend many, many days at many stoplights just revving the engine <laughs> randomly and laughing. It will happen. I'm telling you right now, you'll just be like, I'm sitting here with 400 horsepower. What is going on in the world? It, it'll be great. It could be really fun. Well, the only problem with it is instead of teaching you the fundamentals of driving, it's going to teach you the fundamentals of drifting because you're going oh, yes. to do tail yes. out slides everywhere yes. you go just because you can. So No question. That is, that's a great way to put it. You're absolutely right. Well, Sam, well, hopefully funny. that's helped you out. Let's, uh, we'll wrap up this, uh, this um, car debate. And I want to move on to something. We're actually recording this right after we've just released our, our most recent piece, which is our STI versus Evo versus old STI video. That's actually just come out. It's yes. online. People are watching it. And, of course, as always, we're reading all the comments. And one of the things I'm very flattered and pleased to see with that piece is the number of you that are just calling it out as amazing and that we do some of the best work that's out there and you really, really love our work and you really respond to the quality. Honestly, that is exactly what we hope for. That's exactly what we're shooting for. We want it to be among the best stuff that's out there. So thank you for that. I cannot tell you how both satisfying and humbling it is to have you guys say those things. And yeah, you said agreed. similar things on the piece prior, which was our uh, GTR's GTR GTR Evo piece. I don't know why I had two Evo pieces in a row. It's just how it worked out. But um, That's because we are done so many with the them. Evo for the while. I promise. I promise <laughs> we're done. But but here's the thing: you said very similar, very nice things about that piece. About wow, this is a great piece, and you know the locations and all this kind of stuff. Here is my request, my genuine request for you guys. You're responding to the whole thing we set out to do. We set out to make films. We want to make stuff that looks as good as anybody doing this out there, of any budgets, at any level. We want to operate. We want to be in the top few of everything you're seeing. We are on as many websites as you are. We're on a lot of blogs. We're on that kind of thing. When we see people that mention the best places to see car reviews, I could list for you the top five or six that are always on that list. Unfortunately, we never are. And while two or three of those on that yeah, list are is... genuinely great, I mean, genuinely doing fantastic work, the other two or three on that list, I'm like, really? I mean, sure, what yeah. they do, I could do in an afternoon. They walk around the car. They do the exact same setup in the same location. It's GoPros and drive through a neighborhood. They're just prolific. Does that mean they're good, though? So uh, yeah. this is the frustration. This is the struggle for me because of the hours that are put in to make these pieces. We want them to be great. That's our whole point. Obviously, it makes us slow. We could go fast and make crap. We could. But we could. We're, we're trying really hard to do great stuff. So my, my request, my personal request to you is this. If you're one of those people that watches our show and thinks, this is among the best stuff I'm seeing, please say that. 
uh, thank you for saying it to us, but if you're on an auto blog or a Reddit or wherever it is you're talking about cars, please mention that. If you see those lists of people saying, what's the best place to find video, would you add us to that list? Because we could do it. I'm reading those same things you are. Agreed. We could do it. But if we did it, it'd be like, oh, good, that guy comes in and tells us his stuff is great. That's not going to mean anything. If you guys sure. do it, it'll mean something. You can be well, our ambassadors, and that'll help. I do want to add something here for the listening audience, and that is both Todd and I have our jobs on the show, and it's varied. We both do shooting for the show, but I want you to yep. know yep. that I, I mentioned this on prior podcasts, that it, it is Todd that does all of the editing work, and he does painstaking care in mixing the sound from left to right speakers as cars go by, and he worries about color correction from camera to camera, and he worries about these little details and puts a lot of work into this. Now, as I said, we both have our jobs, but Todd's job, one of his jobs, is editing everything that we do. And so we both put a lot of work into this, and I just wanted you to know that, so please share it. And again, to echo your point, Todd, and that is we want to be mentioned in those same things, too, just because early on when we decided to make this show, we had to land on quality. And that mm -hmm. just goes oh, along yeah. with our personalities yeah, yeah. and who we are mm -hmm. as people. We had to really be sticklers on quality because for either of us, walking around a car with an iPhone is not going to cut it. And so yeah. we want to yeah. produce high quality for you guys and really provide that. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. So tell people, share it everywhere you can. And <laughs> I find it interesting, you know, even the car guys who work at car dealers, they need to know about us too. Yeah. So as you're shopping for cars, back to the car debate, tell those people too. And just know that we're primarily here for video. Follow us on YouTube.com. If you found mm -hmm. this podcast, you probably already already know where to find those videos. So join us. Follow us on EverydayDriver.com, YouTube.com slash EverydayDriver, Twitter, Facebook. Please rate this podcast on iTunes. It yeah. is that or which Stitcher. is going to make the podcast grow. Ultimately, to push more content for videos. So that yep. is our intention. That's what we want to do. It's it's your sharing that helps us grow. So we and need if, you to be proactive. If you're if you're of the demeanor of, hey guys, shut up and just make more video. Okay, we're gonna sure. keep making high quality stuff as fast as we can, but genuinely, the thing you can do the most to help us is just put us out there, get us out there. Yep. If you feel that strongly about what we do, and thank you for feeling that strongly. If you do, hey, share. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate it. We're looking forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, guys. Lots of good stuff on the way.